as I was putting this message together, and just a kind of a spoiler alert, this is going to lead into something next week um, where I'm going to go into the history of Pentecost in the church. And it's actually, you would not believe some of the quotes from the saints like Augustine and others like them, and uh, just proof that Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, has been evident throughout history. It didn't end with uh, the disciples as some believe it did. And I just, as I was putting it together, I had to make, there's some slides where the print's really small, and I was thinking of someone in particular, and lo and behold, they're here. <laughs> Marina and Dale, all, all the way from Oregon. Good to see you guys again. Uh, it's been a long time. And anyway, it was ironic that I was really thinking about you because I know you, you struggle a little uh, with small print. So sorry about that. How's everybody doing? Yeah. This is one of those messages where it seems like whenever I speak on the Holy Spirit, whenever I try to give Him space to show off, that's when everything technical goes berserk. Yep. It, it, this morning has just been one of those days again. Uh, I'm not sure if live stream, is it on? Oh, it is on. All right. You were acting like it wasn't. You didn't tell me, because so, I knew you didn't want me to be thinking about it. Yeah, just go on. Just go on. Yeah, I know. I know. She's waving me on like, yeah. You worry about your end. I got this end. But whenever we brag on the Holy Spirit, the devil hates it because he knows what it means. And today, I get to share about the Holy Spirit. If you didn't know this, and, and the title isn't anything, I've actually used this before, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, but that's what it is. Everything we do that means anything is a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. Right? Amen. Pentecost simply means 50. 50 days after Resurrection Sunday, they celebrated Pentecost. Now, what does that mean? We're going to get into that. I'm going to show you. But before I do, I want to lead up to it. After Jesus rose from the dead, he met with his disciples and he told them this. And this is found in Acts 1. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many can get excited about that? And then, in a few verses later, Jesus told them what this was going to result in. But you, say it, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, 
throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It pretty much covers the globe, right? Start local, work out, and keep moving out until you've covered the whole globe. That was Jesus' plan. That was God's plan. Jesus is God, of course. And that's what we're supposed to do today. We are to receive power to be God's witnesses. And then the day of Pentecost came. And on that day, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And I, I just wanted to point out something here. There's something about the church coming together in unity. And it, it produces a spark in the spirit realm. And God blesses that. I don't understand it so much, but he actually says this in Psalm uh, 133. The whole thing talks about that. Where there's unity, God blesses it. So the more people that end up in his house, I believe this, in unity, because sometimes you go to churches and not everybody's in unity. There needs to be a unity, meaning that we're all in agreement on what we're trying to accomplish that morning. Which is what? To, to glorify God. To, to give Jesus the praise. To welcome the Holy Spirit into us. And when we come in here, and I did it this morning, I'm telling you how so frustrated again, and I'm over there just kicking and mumbling and futtering and... and, and we started singing, and we started worshiping, and we started lifting our hands, and I didn't want to. Anybody else? Is that the only one today? I didn't want to, but I did it anyway, because he deserves the praise. And guess what? Next thing I knew, I was entering in, I wasn't even thinking about all the junk that just went on before that. God meets you where you're at. You need to be uplifted and lifted up. All right? Don't just sit there going, why God's not moving on me? Get over yourself. Lift it up. Jesus, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to praise your holy name today. Hallelujah. And that also sends the devils running. Because they hate it. They hate it. When you use the name of Jesus. When you give Him the praise. They will, they will run. They will run from you. So they all met in one place. Suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Suddenly. There was a sound from heaven. Like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Can you do that sound? Okay, maybe we shouldn't do that right now. Our friends here, they just went through that tornado. Great to see you guys and know that we've all been praying for you. And Monica too, wherever Monica is, she's probably counting over there, but anyway, you guys, are you're, you were at the top of our prayer list, all right, and... I'm just, we were all so thankful. And if you ever feel like it, I'd love you just to come up and share a little bit to give Him the praise because I know a lot happened there that was truly miraculous. 
So anyhow, I'm sorry for that segue, but uh, yeah. (laughs) It's going to be one of those mornings. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. Now, this event we don't see again. But what happens in the next verse we see still today. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in what? In other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, in the Greek, that word is glossolalia. And it, basically, it just means a language you did not learn. It's a, as I like to put it, it's a heaven-sent language. You can only get it from God. Now, some heard their own tongue when the disciples went out after this event and began preaching. When Peter preached his message, even though they didn't know his language, They understood what he was saying. That doesn't always happen, but that still happens today. There are many testimonies of that. But the point is that God gives you a language you did not already have. And we call it tongues. Is that that easy enough? So what follows after this miraculous event took place in that upper room, about 120 were there. That's quite a few folks that got filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. As they went out and they began to speak to the people, and the people heard them uttering these languages that God had given them. And their first, the people that were observing, their first conclusion was you guys have been sipping the wine already but was that the case was that the truth no in fact Peter came out and he said listen what you're hearing what you think is gibberish and I'm paraphrasing what you think is gibberish is actually what Joel the prophet spoke about in Joel 2 28 and 29 And then he shared that passage of Scripture. And he said this, he said, Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Say, we're all God's people. True? Your sons? How many sons? Your daughters? Any daughters in here? Will what? Oh. Is that still for today? Your old men will dream dreams. Now nobody wants to admit that they're dreaming dreams because then, yeah, anyway. I'd rather have visions. And your young men will have visions. And by the way, this isn't gender specific. Women can have visions too. Women dream dreams. We're all God's children. All right? In those days, the Lord said, I will pour out my Spirit 
even on my servants, or on servants, men and women alike. Realize when this was written, servants were seen as lower than everybody else, all right? So when Joel says this, it's almost saying, even the least of the least will get God's Spirit. Exactly. No respecter of persons. That's exciting news. And what happened after Peter shared all this? He went into some other things about how they crucified the Christ and how everything that was happening there was a result of Jesus not only dying, being buried, but also the fact that he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Even the grave couldn't hold him down. And it was because of that that he was given a place in glory at the right hand of the Father where he mediates, where he prays for you and me today waiting for us. Not waiting, preparing for us. He's not waiting. The Father knows. When the Father says, go get him, son, that's when we're all going. Whenever that is. Is it soon? (laughs) I think it is. I think it is. Oh, my goodness. I won't go there today. Stay focused, Norm. So as Pentecostals, we believe that there is so much more that God wants you to have. So much more. Who limits God? We do. What does God want to do in His people that we're not allowing Him to do? And Psalm 34, 8 comes to mind. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Probably would have been a good time to sing that song this morning, but I didn't think about it. Taste and see. God has so much for you and me. And my concern is, as your pastor... And even for myself, I don't ask God for enough. God isn't going to waste His blessings. If you don't want it, He ain't going to give it to you. you got to be bold. We're going to get to that one. Don't you just... As I said, next week I'm going to point this out. Tony Cook uh, shared this, and, and he actually is the one that did a lot of research on the history of Pentecost. But he said this, he said, unless the church presses into the Lord, we will become traditional, dry, and religious. God help us to be that. I don't want to be dry. I don't want to be religious. I want to be free in the Spirit. Of course, we want things to be decent and orderly, but let's let God have His way with us. I don't think anybody here wants to be that dry and religious church. Hopefully. So I would ask you today, Christian, do you press into the Lord? Do you know what I mean by that? Brother, can I use you for, just come up here. 
This is the Holy Ghost. I, I'm using him because I know he won't tip over. <laughs> this is the Holy Spirit. So I, I come in. I'm leaning. I'm leaning into him. I'm pressing into him. You can feel that, can't you? Oh, yeah. And you're pressing back a little bit so you don't fall over. This is what it means when you press in. You're pressing against God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right? Thank you. Thank you for that, big, big brother. David. God wants you to press into Him, no matter the circumstances, especially the circumstances. When it gets tough, where should you go? Press into Him. When you're feeling good, where should you go? Press into Him. The more you press in, the more you're going to look like Him. In fact, I almost see this picture, and the word that comes to mind is fusion. We become fused with the Holy Spirit. The more that we press into Him, and this is what He wants you and me to do, we, we get to this place by seeking His face. And I'm using a lot of Christian lingo here this morning, but how do you seek somebody's face? Listen, he knows you. And I've said this before, he's got a picture of you on his refrigerator, if he has a refrigerator. Because <laughs> he thinks of you every single minute of every single day. He loves us. But the reverse should be true. We should have a picture of who God is. Daddy, Heavenly Father, Abba, who he is to you. And it's this relationship Seeking his face. That's when he pours himself out. Jesus said, go and wait. And they did. What were they doing? Seeking his face. And the Holy Spirit came and filled them all with the glorious wonders of God. Mm. Is that still for us today? I believe it is. How many want more of the Holy Spirit? Come on, lift your hand up. Then ask Him, Lord, what do you want to pour into me today? Who better knows you than God? Who better knows what you need for today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next day than God? He's ordered your steps. He directs you, if you're listening. Who better to put in you today what you need? Future tense. But you've got to go after Him, folks. So let's look at some Scriptures that refer to that, and then I'm going to get into the last part of this, the baptism. Jesus told us to seek more of the Holy Spirit. This is found in John 7, 37, and 38. These are Jesus' words. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds. What did he do? He shouted. What does it mean when you shout? Why? Generally speaking, why do you shout? Get attention, or it's something that is important. And I believe that's what he was doing. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. This is something they'd not heard before. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. Now, this is a metaphor, right? 
We're not talking about literally drinking, and he gets into this later, but we're not drinking the blood of Jesus or any of that kind of stuff. For the Scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. From whose heart? Those who are thirsty. Rivers of living waters will flow from his heart. When he said living water, what was he speaking of? The Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. There's the catch. If you believe, you can have it. Him. He's not an it. If you believe, you can have the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit had not been given yet because Jesus had not yet entered into His glory. He hadn't died on the cross. He hadn't been buried. He hasn't been resurrected yet. So they couldn't receive the Holy Spirit. That was going to come when? On Pentecost. Stick with me, church. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Is there anybody here that's thirsty? Hallelujah. What's a good sign that you're thirsty? Like when you see me do this. What's that do for you? Does that make you thirsty? God wants to quench your thirst. And he does it in ways that only he can express. One of them results in rivers of living water flowing from our hearts. Hallelujah. Then in Luke 11, jumping right along, following Jesus' instructions, here he was teaching his disciples how to pray, and he was telling them, when you pray, don't be a mamby-pamby, Don't just go in there and pray once, but you go in there and you persevere. You go after God. If you need some kind of prayer answer, you go after Him. And and He also gave them the Lord's Prayer in this part of the passage, early part of Luke chapter 11. But I want us to pick up here in verse 9. Jesus told them to be persistent also in seeking God. You ready for this? I love this part. And so I tell you, Jesus said, keep on asking. Would you read this with me? Keep on asking. And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. It can't get any clearer. God wants us, you and me, His church, to go after Him. But how many walk out those doors and we immediately dismiss Him and we just start thinking about all the junk we got to look at? The job we got to go to, the kids we got to raise, the diapers we get to change. Sometimes young, sometimes old. Won't go there. Oh, I already did, sorry. Life sidetracks us. 
But the Lord is saying, look, I'm looking for a people who really, really, really want me. Who want a relationship that's fresh and new every day. What he gave us yesterday, that's old news. What he wants to give you today, come on. But we settle for what we got 10 years ago. I remember the time when God gave me a big old blessing. Forget that. I mean, that's great. Wonderful. There's a milestone in your life. But what does He want to give you today? Now, context is everything, right? What He says next is so important. Here we go. You fathers. Uh Uh-oh. If your children ask for a fish... Do you give them a snake instead? Some of you probably would. But. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. Right? That'd be, that, would be, that would be very cruel. So if you sinful people... Oof, that hurts. But he's trying to make a point here. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Context. God wants us to ask for His Spirit. He spent all that time talking about being persistent in prayer. And a part of your prayer should be, God, fill me. Not just once. Not with the initial physical evidence of the baptism of speaking in tongues. But over and over and over and over. Every day. Hallelujah. Got to catch up with my notes. The next three verses. Oops. I don't know what I did there. I lost something. Oh, you already did it. Or did I do that? Doesn't matter. Luke 11, 11 through 13. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? I already read that, didn't I? I don't know where I'm going. Lord, help me. So that is right. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, ask for the Holy Spirit. Jeez. Time for another drink. Jesus gives everyone permission to go after the Holy Spirit. Everyone. When I started out in in the book of Joel, remember, he said, even the slaves, men and women, that means everybody, your children can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, you should be teaching them about Him. Right? 
Now, there are some key things that have to be in place. Number one, before you can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you have to be born again. Thank you. Okay, that's the only prerequisite. If you're born again, you are a candidate to be baptized in God's Holy Spirit. You may or may not be baptized in water, as we're going to see here in just a minute. But you must be born again first. Jesus washes the temple clean with his blood. You are ready for all God has, right? All right. So where I was going to go with this next part, and I don't actually have a scripture, but after verses 14 and following, uh, after this last little passage that I read, Jesus is accused of being the son of Beelzebub. Why? Because he was performing miracles. Because the Holy Spirit was working in Jesus, and people were being healed, people were being raised from the dead. So what did the religious people say? This is from the devil himself. And Jesus' answer was simple. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you really think that the devil, the destructor, the one that goes after people to kill them, do you really think that he's going to heal people? That would be dividing his kingdom. That, that would be the opposite of unity. It would be disunity. So there's no way that what I'm doing represents the devil. What I'm doing represents the Holy Spirit. God is working through me. And I wanted to say that just for this reason. And again, context. We just saw where God invited us, go after the Holy Spirit. Invite Him into your life. Ask the Father for Him, right? And Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. But there are people out there today who claim that if you speak in tongues or you pray for people and they're healed, it's from the devil. The very same thing that they said to Jesus. Those people are going to have to give an account someday. And coming against the work of the Holy Spirit is one of the most severe things that Scripture identifies. In fact, some say, in some of the passages, it actually says, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, your name will be removed from the book of life. People need to be careful. It's in the Bible, as you're going to see here. So let's not be messing with this thing and saying, well, gee, what if I'm speaking in tongues and it's from the devil? You're not going to be. If you're going after the Holy Spirit, do you think God's going to let you be filled with the devil? His kingdom would be divided. There's no way. So don't worry about that, is what I'm trying to say. That's nonsense. That's heresy. The AG believes that the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit baptism is speaking in that language that God gives you. I want to show you some things real quick. Hopefully I can get through this in about 15 minutes. Acts 8, 14 through 17. 
When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the, the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John. Of course, Peter and John are two of the big, the big dudes, the big cojones, you know, they're the apostles. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers. It's important to understand what we just see. They're believers already. To receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. What does that have to do with tongues? Next verse. My highlights, when Simon saw, now Simon was a sorcerer, Simon was a magician of sorts, and he liked to do things that dazzled people. And when he saw Peter and John lay hands on the people and they started speaking in tongues, he was bedazzled. And he wanted what they had. In fact, the rest of this actually says he offered them money, but let's read this. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Now, what did he see? Do you see people filled with the Holy Spirit? I mean, is there a physical change to us? A glory ring, a halo that all of a sudden appears? So what did he see? What, what is common sense, what does logic tell you he saw? The evidence of speaking in tongues. They began speaking in languages they did not know. And some prophesied. Are you still with me? I'm just trying to point out what Scripture says. Then in Acts 10, I'm going to jump over. Now, Cornelius had invited Peter. Well, God actually gave Peter a dream. Old man. And in it, he was basically saying to Peter, look. You're going to be praying for some people and you ain't going to like it. Because they were Gentiles. He was a Jew. Jews and Gentiles, they didn't mix up to this point. But God said, no, I want you to go. And I want you to pray for these people. I want you to tell them my story. And when he woke up from it, Cornelius was at the door. Ah, uh, hey, <laughs> I know you're a Jew, I'm a Gentile, sorry. But can you come over to my house and tell me about the Lord? Well, thankfully he had just had that dream. God had prepared him. And so Peter went to Cornelius' house. And this is where we pick this up. Even as Peter, and this act after he preached, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. And it's important to note they were listening to the message when they received. All right? You are listening to the message. You're a prime candidate for receiving. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles too. And I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. What's a Gentile? A non-Jew. All right, that's simply put, that's what it means. Verse 46, read it with me. 
for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Can you give the Lord a hand? Hallelujah. And I'm going to read the next part just to show you about the baptism thing. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So they were baptized after the fact. But they had received the Holy Spirit's baptism already. All right? Next, the last one, Acts 19. And again, Apollos uh, was traveling with Paul. They're in Corinth. As they traveled through the interior regions, they reached Ephesus on the coast. There he found what? Believers. All right? They're already born again. Can we, can we assume that? All right, you're with me. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Let me say this. Sadly, today it's not much different. The Holy Spirit is kind of like a third wheel. You go out on a date, there's two of you, and you bring your buddy along. That's how a lot of churches look at the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is made up of three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three in one. They're all necessary. They're all important. And they all are God. And it's not three gods. It's three gods in one. They hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Which was what? Water baptism, all right? John's baptism called for repentance from sin, which they'd obviously confessed their sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And then the fun part. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then... When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Hmm. There are some who don't believe the baptism in the Spirit is the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But as I said when I started in the assembly, we do think that it is the initial evidence. What does that mean for you? Well, do you want more of God? How many in this room have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. If you haven't, no, no harm, no foul. But if you want to, and, and I, I would like it if you guys would come up, would you? And sing that, start that first song up again. Is that doable? We didn't, we didn't do this in the beginning. I didn't ask them, so.
The last slide just simply said, seek the Holy Spirit. Don't go after the baptism. The baptism comes when you seek Him. Say that with me. Seek the Holy Spirit, not the baptism. The baptism will come as God fills you. The key thing is, is you're going after more of God. Seek and you will find. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Ask the hev- your heavenly Father, Lord, I want more of you. Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There were places where they laid hands on them. And there are other times when people just get it. I'm, I'm one of those that my pastor prayed over me. I stood at that altar. And I went home disappointed. Because I didn't get the baptism. Or with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I kept saying, Lord, if it's me. And I knew my heart was in the right place. And I went after him. The next few days, I, seek, I was seeking him, knocking. Lord, I, I just want more. Whatever that looks like, whatever you want to give me, I just want that. Because I know you've got it. You, you know what I need. Amen. And finally, I, I, it was a few days after that prayer time at the altar. I got home, I, I worked midnight shift, I went in, I laid on my water bed, and I was about to go to sleep, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to just worship him. And as I'm rocking back and forth, if you've ever tried to kneel on a water bed, <laughs> all of a sudden, I, I started uttering things, and, and I could feel it. That river's a living water. I could feel it. And it was, it was started down here, and that's the best way I can put it. It started down here and just started working up. And it, it was like a, 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 almost, and I used the word gibberish earlier, it was like a baby. Almost like a gaga gaga kind of thing. And I'm thinking, this ain't it. This is silly. But I felt something on me and in me, and I knew the Lord was there, and I knew He was trying to give it to me, and I just let go. And I spent probably an hour, at least, praying in the Spirit that morning, worshiping Him in the Spirit. And, and as, as just like you learned English or Spanish or whatever language you learned when you were a baby, it's not much different. Now, sometimes it just flows out of people. And, and they just belt it out. But a lot of times, it takes a little time just to get your tongue adjusted to this new language. Because your, your flesh is going, are you kidding me? And the Spirit's saying, you got this. So you just got to let it go. I don't know what this is going to look like for you. But I want to just open this up. We're going to sing this song, and I'd ask my wife to come up. I think she's still in here. And anybody else, if you wanted them to come? If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, 
Or maybe you just want more. You know, we, we would like to pray for you this morning and let God do what only He can do. And as we sing this song, would you just come up? And I, I like the song because it, it talks about the power of God. Jesus. Jesus is the baptizer. Amen. All right? So just come on up. Don't be embarrassed. We're not going to, listen, we're not going to make you stay here until you're filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I hope it happens right away for some of you. But if it doesn't, don't go home sad. Just say, all right, I'm just going to keep going after him. I ain't giving up. Don't give up on it. Just keep going after him. Go back to the scriptures I shared. You can get these online. There, there's a, an archive of all my messages, all our messages. You can go back. You can look all these up in your leisure. Just let God move on you. Amen. You ready for this? Would you stand with us? As you feel led, just come on up. You want more of the Holy Spirit? Or if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time with the evidence of speaking in tongues, just come. If you're hungry for more. Begin to worship the Lord, you that are up in it. Begin to praise Him. There's a faith that stands defiant. Sends Goliath to his knees. I've seen his praise unravel shadows right off my
Well, I like to think the Lord's in the house today. You know, this is just a start. Yes. Come expecting next Sunday. Come believing that God is going to impart something into your life that you didn't already have. And as you go out of here today, just know he wants to give you so much more. You're his child. Thank you, Lord. Ask him, Lord, what do you have for me today? When our grandkids come up here, the first thing they do, and thanks to Mima, the first thing they do is they always look for their pillow surprise. And it's some little corny thing. In fact, I didn't get to see what happened, but the last time I got my grandson, it, it was a little uh, a Bigfoot thing that you added water. It was a stump, and the, wa- the stump turned into Bigfoot. You know, was, and, and, I mean, it was like five bucks at Jay's, but he was so excited about that. We should be that way with the Holy Spirit every single day. Lord, yes, what's Lord. my pillow surprise today? What do you have for me? What gift? And I'm going to get into the gifts after I do the, the rehearsing thing on uh, the history. But I want you to get the history thing down because too many out there are saying, and it's called cessationism, but they're saying that the Holy Spirit and all the giftings ended with the early church, the first century church, and that is not true. That's right. That is not true, and I'll show you that next week or parts of it anyway. Father, thank you again for everything you're doing with our people. Fill us afresh and anew, every single one of us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, why did you do that? To empower us to be your evangelists. Help this church to go out of here today and to share what Jesus has done for us. Lord, help us to see the one on the byway or on the highway. Help us to notice that one that's distraught, Lord, that that is desperate and doesn't know where to turn. May we be Jesus with skin on. May we see them, identify them, and Holy Spirit, may you open our mouths. And as we speak, I pray that our people would influence them in a positive way. Lord, we love you. Keep us safe in our coming and in our going. And we give you all the glory and all the praise and everybody said. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope to see you next Sunday.